existence. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Radiant Black Podcast. This is a podcast focused on Radiant Black and everything Massiverse. That means Radiant Pink, Rogue Sun, Dead Lucky, Supermassive, probably soon to be Radiant Yellow, Radiant Red. Today, I'm joined by my fellow co-hosts and my friends, Matt and Charlie. Fortunately, he's away for Christmas, so we wish him a Merry Christmas. And all of you, how's everyone today? Yeah, I'm uh, doing doing pretty good here. Uh, got a couple awesome issues to talk about during this uh, Christmas Eve uh, time of recording here. And kind of hammering out these reviews, kind of like these Massiverse people have been hammering out all this content. It's been crazy, but I actually, I just saw that, uh, like that 2022, kind of the master list with all the all the 2022, like everything that's been released. And that kind of just like blew my mind, just seeing everything that came out this year, uh, just going through that. So yeah, just, yeah. I can't wait to talk about these last couple issues before the year ends off. And uh, yeah, can't wait to get to it. Oh, yeah. I'm excited too. I'm always happy to talk uh, Rogue Sun. It's no secret that it's at least my second favorite in the Massiverse. Like it's it's coming for Radiant Black Spot because I really like the supernatural and what the what the story is doing. And uh, I'm excited to talk about these two issues that I feel very, very well together. Yeah, we got a two for four you this time. Uh, Rogue Sun number eight, number nine. So <laughs> the Hellbent Saga, really. So yeah, Rogue Sun number eight, writer Ryan Parrott, artist Abel, colorist Natalia Marquez, letter Rebecca Carey, covers by Luana Vecchio and Francesco Mana and Igor Monti, uh, production artist Wesley Griffith, logo designer Phonographics, editor and designer Michael Basudo. And let's dive into it. So yeah, we're we're going... I, li- I like the start for this issue. It's a lot more ominous. We're, we're beginning with a fan-favorite villain for this series. Suave is sitting in a chair... He's clearly waiting for someone. It looks like someone he's about to blackmail, but it turns out to be one of his henchmen. Um, you know, it's interesting because his henchmen's trying to back out of 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 just doing like this whole life of crime. You know, he has a family. Uh, you know that he he after the auction house, it seems like which which Matt um, mentioned before this. That's from the first issue where they were where Dylan first encounters Suave and gets his ass handed to him. That, you know, he wants to lay low. That's when Suave just pulls down his shirt and you see this, like, handprint of a burn on his chest, similar to the handprint that's on Suave's face, ironically, without the mask. So. Yeah. It's yeah, always maybe, there, Suave, right? maybe Suave should have got it in the more, like, low-key spot. I don't know if, like, they got a choice or whatnot, but, yeah, it's kind of just... Uh... <laughs> I don't know. At least, well, at least William can hide it a little bit. Um, Look yeah. at the helmet, though. I think it's just when the helmet's on. I don't think it was a mistake because there is a part where he's looking without it on with the mask off. I'm pretty sure, like, if you look on that panel, like, in the, the page there where he's just standing up, he says, how's Hunter, how's Tulane pre-med? He doesn't have it on. But when the mask is involved, uh, I, I think I think I think it's just like a perspective thing, because in the first page above close. that, where he's yeah, where he's cleaning the sword, he, he has the, the mark. You could be right. So, yeah, I do. Yeah. Mark is interesting. Because yeah, Firepower, they do that, too. Like, some panels, they, they don't draw faces when it's, like, a further perspective panel. They just yeah. literally... They yeah, and that first page, he's sitting down. I think you see yeah. it there. That that, that would have been... A, that actually would have been kind of interesting. But anyways, regardless, it is a super cool mark um, for anyone. So, it's just, I guess, every... All of the henchmen have this have this little mark. And looks like once you're kind of in this thing, it's kind of... yeah kind of hard to get out right and it's the right hand right so presumably 
Yeah. Yeah. So they're like the right hand of whoever, right? Of their leader, tarantula, tarantula <laughs> maker. I don't know, but that would be interesting. And I like how Suave, I've said this before, he's kind of like Vega. And I like, he's kind of like a more mature guy who's got his stuff figured out and he's not going to be like outrageously douchey. Like he's fancy, yeah. he's kind of douchey, but he's more like, you know, he's suaver than guy who is just outright can't even remember his latest fuck up with women or who he discussed it last because of his memory issues. So it's hard to learn, but he's, you know, <laughs> yeah. he's guy. Yeah. But yeah, no, Suave is sick and uh, he's one of our many sword wielders in this issue. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to totally call our Rogue Sun podcast the Bella State, right? The Bella State. <laughs> yeah, that, that's I, I really name. like that. That's, that's a good name for, like, if we made a new Discord server for Rogue Sun, but we don't need that because our Discord server ain't corporate. But, like, you know, if someone created some sort of, like, guild or, or some sort of group and they wanted to name it after Rogue Sun, the Bella State would be, like, a fun little name. Yeah. Ring the yeah. bell for notifications. It'd be perfect, actually. Like the Wayne yeah. Manor of, of, of Dylan, you know? Like, <laughs> the Bella State. Yeah. That's a, yeah. I like that name. Like so we name. see that, yeah, we mentioned that he's a henchman, uh, Hunter's father. I'm not sure if we got a name. Uh, uh, you were saying off air William. that you, his name William? is William. William. Yeah. 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 yeah it's that bottom oh. left panel on that last page gotcha. he's in talking with Suave. So gotcha. that always comes. No, you're right. William. But yeah, he's. Uh, uh, yeah. So yeah, first appearance of William is in issue one as well. So snag that issue one for all your goodness, <laughs> William. And I like the henchman. I do like these stories. They're not the most like groundbreaking with the duality of the villain and uh, the hero who because they, they really is the same single father. Right. How Dylan was raised with a single mother and their father's doing everything he can. And you know that he was just he he's done a bunch of shitty stuff. A lot of people do things for their family that aren't great. Like you can't defend this, but it's for his fucking kid. You don't want to look at your kid in the eye and tell them I can't get this for you. And he just paid for university. And as we all know, uh, whether we've gone to university or not college, if you're in the States, I, rather, I wish we called it college. Um, it's expensive as fuck. And so, you yeah. know, that he was doing this heist, this probably big, big gig so they could pay it. And he's probably off now. Right. And he's out. He's yeah. like, I'm out. And you're never out with these mystics. It's interesting to think, like, is it foreshadowing that, like, when, you you know, that that panel, it's like, there's an interesting, uh, uh, sorry, um, what's the word, when something happens, like, right after the sequence. It's an interesting sequence of events here where you see him put the helmet back on, but right before he does, you see the mark on his face, and then he reveals the mark on his chest, on on William's chest, as he drags down the shirt. So it's hmm. almost make, make, make me think like, is this like a cycle thing where, where Suave was also blackmailed into into becoming hmm. a, a henchman for this organization? Yeah. Is this almost like them foreshadowing that he might be a little bit more uh, empathetic than, than than we may have been led to believe? Maybe I don't know. That's just a thought that just came up. Yeah, like yeah. a young Peter Quill snatched by a Yondu, didn't know what was coming. You know, yeah. you don't know. I do like that. The young adventures of young Suave. I'm excited for it. Seems like. Guy. <laughs> Seems like everyone, like even because um, uh, I think Cataclysm, Blood Moon. He's just a racist Cataclysm, right, is connected to this whole thing as well. And obviously, like we saw her circumstances for getting into it. Like, I, I don't like she's obviously I don't think she's directly connected to Swab. But I think they get their power from the same source. Is that right? I think. Yeah, I think so. I believe. Right? Like, like, I think so, they both yeah. had those like weird red, the like the yeah. word, yeah, and the yeah. red like word bubbles or something like that weird god we haven't we haven't seen yet. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think. I think. Yeah. So I think we're all kind of just taking advantage of people all over. Um, but it's kind of yeah. no, it's uh, it's cool to see everyone's motives. But yeah, no, it's good. <laughs> that freaking we'll we'll get to it. But that weird conchu looking detective freaking thing later on that <laughs> that was yeah. pretty interesting. 
I love that. Yeah, that was cool at the at the aviary, or at least tr- uh, the yeah. the guard, the doorman to the aviary. Also, like Luke Cage, how they get Luke Cage in this fucking issue, right? Like, no, I'm <laughs> but like, we're, uh, there's no way you're not. Thinking. It's funny that Brock is the oh, message. Like funny. Brock definitely takes joy in in pushing Dylan's buttons, and 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 you know he plays it cool, yes. like you know, like he's not really enjoying it, but you could tell like there's a part of him. That, Do you that, think he was still taking the stone here, like we saw in the next issue, uh, where they're taking the stone for experiments? I guess they're probably starting yeah, again, but like, I, it's yeah. in my mind that like you know he could have, like he already put it back. It, mm. Yeah, even if he didn't do it, this is probably him doing recon, like like yeah. getting ready to see if it's like can he get away with it? You know what I mean? Can he sneak it past them without him noticing? I like Brock has always been a little shit. I don't think it would like honestly like the way it seems. I don't think it's that hard to sneak it away from this guy. Like he yeah, doesn't seem Dylan's like careless. the most like on yeah. a guy like he's he doesn't working. know where he keeps yeah. it he's got it just like yeah he's he doesn't he's not really on top of it and like he doesn't really res i wouldn't say respect it yet but yeah no he doesn't he doesn't really respect his power he has yet and he's like i don't know he just yeah, we, yeah. he's kind of careless with it for the most part he needs more sleep in general right and he's out crime, solving crimes at the end of the night too so you're you're out you're done you're barely getting any sleep. yeah yeah it's a sense of entitlement yeah. yeah. He's going through trauma. You lost his father and he just lost his mother too. Yeah. And his father was like the only yeah. parent he had. So when he's pushing people to their death, as dicky as it is, and it's the worst. And sorry about that hard P sound. I don't know where my uh my, my silencer is, so I just did it again. But uh yeah, you know you're, it's trauma, right? He lost the one mother he knew, just like the other um hunter only had his his father. And also I feel like it's easier, like this this isn't I don't know. I feel like mothers are really important for developing like a good heart and stuff like that fathers are too but like i feel like there's a difference between just being raised by your mother and just being raised by your father which isn't the duality of dylan where i don't dylan is an outright asshole but i do feel like he is less likely to go and do some real like real angry damage to somebody like purposely kill someone other than yeah. like letting a henchman fall which he does know if it'll kill them they could be magic so yeah that's my yeah. two cents yeah it's interesting to see like you know i forget her name but the stepmom is it gwen uh, Juliet, I think. I think yeah. it's Juliet. Juliet, Juliet. Juliet. Oh, I Gwen. So. Okay. Yeah. So Julia is Gwen's the Gwen's the actual mom. Yeah. So Julia. So it's interesting to see that she like she's taken on the role more of being like the guardian now that like Dylan is. Yeah. And it, it doesn't even seem reluctant. Like part of her seems to enjoy. Like obviously she she'd rather you know part of her seems like she'd rather not be doing that but part of her seems to be enjoying yeah. having yeah Juliet having. Uh, Dylan as the new rogue son and you know teaching him in a lot of ways it's kind of reminiscent of her having to teach uh, Marcus some of those lessons back in the day and she's like a life coach Alfred basically yeah, yeah she, like she's it. she's she's strict too like she's telling him like you're, you're gonna have a tutor you're gonna have to do well at school you're gonna have to be like in shape mm-hmm. like she's the one keeping it together for him and yeah. this is where I, I say like Dylan's entitled because she says like I got one more surprise for you and she gives him the car that he wrecked a few issues yeah. ago with Billy Blood Moon. And that's what he says, like, look, I don't want to seem ungrateful, but wouldn't have been easier for you to buy me a new one. And that's where she kind of like side eyes him. And she's like, I thought this one might have sentimental value. And then he, she's like, and he's like, yeah, that's what the smell is. Sentimental value. <laughs> so um, we're gonna get I like that. Car, ghost car, dad is what we're getting. Dad car, the series. And I'm here for it. No, but I would be there. It is sentimental value. I don't know if that's intended that we might bring something back, but. I don't know. I feel like with sentimental value in this and magic and what we do, I feel like something might come up with it. Oh, we need like a ghost rider type like charger like cover with <laughs> yeah. that, like with the car, like put put the power into the car, leave some flames out of that. No, that would oh. no, mm-hmm. that, that would be sweet. But no, I'm um, like robot in Massiverse. 
Yes. I, I actually don't know. I, I was trying to recall this, um, but when Dylan got the power at first, did um, did Marcus tell Juliet, um, like the mom, like that this was going to be happening? I'm assuming so, like that, um, that the, like the maybe mom she said, knew don't this give was it to the plan. Maybe she's yeah. like, don't give it to Ori or the others, because I don't want my kids to have I to deal with I think so. This. Like, maybe this was, like, maybe she's known for a while, okay, like, if anything happens, I'm going to be training Dylan. Like, she's known this for a while, so I'm kind of wondering that as well. Like, if this has kind of been her role, she's been... And, and I like, and the stronger you get, the stronger it makes you. So, physically, if you're stronger mentally, I assume as well, you're better as Roxanne, which makes sense yes. when you say it out loud, but it's nice to get it explicitly said here. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, that was that was cool. And and just seeing like I, I was almost like questioning her motives a little bit, like how much she knows or like I, I'm curious to see like where she came from originally. Like, is she mm-hmm. from the Crystal Menagerie somehow lost her power? Mm-hmm. And now she's here and she's, I don't know, dealing with it somehow because she seems to know a freaking lot. Um, But at the end, why would like what? Yeah, what? Like, if Marcus left Dylan at first, like, why would he just go to a different family? Like, what circumstances led him to that? So that that's what I'm okay. Kind of, that's what yeah, I'm like curious they're, about. Like, mystical shotgun weddings that we don't know about or something. Who even knows? I do like that idea. That's really smart. I do think, like, Juliet and Ari and... Um, not Damien have been doing a lot of stuff <laughs> together. Uh, I've been doing a lot of stuff in the background. Like they're fuckers. They're like Wednesday and Pugsley going around like doing magic. It's like you just and I get it. You want your dad. This is your birthright as a superhero thing. It gets passed on to your like half brother you don't even know who's like lazy and doesn't really appreciate it and is kind of an asshole. So like I, the motivations are all intact. I I really like this multi-layered story where everyone's motivations make sense, even if their actions don't always because they're teenagers, which is the ultimate thing when you're writing or young kids that just like I want my magic back and stuff like that and I want my dad. And I want the one piece I had of him, which is sad. So you get Ori's. Ori's been doing some fucked up shit, but it's like, this is the last. And you can still talk to your dad. Someone's holding on to the last way to talk to your dead parent. Like, that's a lot to not want. Yeah. And, it, 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 like, there are a lot of assumptions. I don't want to spoil anything in case. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll explicitly say it now. Full spoilers for both issues 8 and 9. So don't listen to this mm. until you've read issues 8 and 9. But okay. you do see, like, hindsight, we do see that. Ori and Brock aren't necessarily trying to take the power of the stone and transfer it over to them, but they're trying to bring back Marcus so that Dylan can actually be a better rogue son, which I thought was very interesting. Like, I thought that was an interesting subversion. Like, they, I, okay. I really like that idea. Did, did she say she's bringing, like, bringing Marcus back to make Dylan a better rogue son or bringing yes. Marcus back so he can become rogue son? I think they said... They're bringing him back to make Dylan a better rogue son because they're not bringing him back like to life. I think they're just bringing his like spirit back to the stone or whatever. Oh, okay, they banished okay. him, right? Because oh, okay, yeah. she says, what does she say? You saw what happened to him tonight. He needs dad, and this is the only way to get him back. And then he says, Ori, are you sure about this? Okay, okay, yeah. okay. So yeah, I guess they have the good intentions in mind because yeah, we we all know Dylan would never would never go for this. Like he just yeah. Yeah, wants nothing to do with the guy right now. Definitely. So yeah, like it's interesting to see now. We're back at school, and these two issues, I've really liked the pacing in these two issues because they they have some more structure to where we bounce between Dylan's problems at home, Dylan's personal problems as as rogue son, and then Dylan's problems as uh, as a student, you know, with his with his friends and family or his friend because he only has and one homecoming. friend. Yeah, and homecoming, of course. Which which can we name next that. issue homecoming and every issue with <laughs> home in the title afterwards? Ryan, if you wouldn't mind, I, that'd be great. And especially in retrospect, when trying to like tell, let's talk about a specific movie or issue. 
No, okay. But yeah, <laughs> anyways, no, you're right. I do like the way it reflects this. And Byron and Reggie, I feel like these two issues, those things really came to a head with uh, yeah, Reggie, 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 poor guy. Like, yeah, like, buddy, came back. buddy came back. He's just never done anything wrong. But yeah, he yeah just... Byron's there just like, you know, doing his part, trying not to get his ass stuffed into a locker. And then Reggie just comes in. He's back amongst the living. Welcome. He's like excited to see Dylan. <laughs> he's just like, keep walking, Reggie. Remember, not friends, right? How could I forget? And I was just like, man, that's brutal. Yeah, like, like, he didn't, I don't know, like, I even, like, went back, because I forgot, I was like, what, what did he do, but I, like, he didn't even, like, the mom ended up ratting him out, and now he's just mad at Reggie, yeah. right, he's just yeah. mad at Reggie for I, I think the principal just, I, I think out. that's the irrational, like, teenager emotion. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, like, like, Ryan's trying to show us that at the end of the day, like, this, I think that's what, what I really enjoy about this, is like, at the end of the day, they are teenagers, and there is some of that pettiness, some of that, like, you know, like, exaggeratedness, some of that, like, the hormones and everything, and oh, you, yeah. see, you see that here, like, literally, right right in the next in the next half panel, or half page, where Byron's like, please, please, I, I, I can't, you know, I, I don't want to go to the, then he's like, I need my wingman, and he's sitting on his desk being a bit of a douche, and that's when the instructor is like, we're meant to sit in our desks, not on them, and he says, sorry, Ms. Don- Mrs. Donovan. Must have watched Dead Poets one too many times, but I'm in prime listening position uh, uh, now, ma'am. I was just like, man, like, yeah, that's 100% douche. But even in the next page where right after class, we see that he's out by his car waiting for uh, Vanessa trying to, he's still trying to do everything, you know, to win her heart, but not in the right way. He's not approaching, he's still being like a bit of a toxic masculine douche, to be honest. And he's not really taking her feelings into account. He doesn't even really, like, give her a chance to really speak. He mostly just talks over her or around her. So I find that interesting. Um, but, yeah, so at this point, she's still, you know, he, he he almost, like, threatens her a little bit, bluffing. And he's like, look, I'll just forget about you. Like, I'll, I'll just leave you. I'll never talk to you again. And then she's like, I don't want that. Don't put words into my mouth. And then he's like, good, because I was bluffing. And I'm like, you know what? A girl look like Vanessa, I don't blame you for bluffing. No, she's gonna be the one that got away if this shit doesn't work out like it will next issue. No, just kidding. But I love I love Dylan saying, um, uh, yeah, but with one word answers, that's the testing equivalent of saying you you got pepper spray. It's true though, and I, I like that inside yeah, baseball yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I do like the way Ryan writes these these characters. He's like machismo kind of people because, you know, we see that Dylan is taking something out. We'll talk about it later. But Dylan is parroting Ryan in his uh, his uh, mating rituals later on with uh, with the string. So I like it. And with Vanessa, I mean, this happens, right, where they mess around at one party. They have a connection. But if you wait too long, you know, sometimes people aren't going to wait for you forever. Yeah. True yeah, for sure and just doesn't change right like I, I think like she's been wanting or just trying to like get him on the right path for so long or that's kind of what it seemed and it's kind of just yeah. at that point where it's like okay he's just kind of gonna be the way the way he yeah. is kind of yeah it's like nelson and lisa he doesn't have a parent at home she kind of feels bad for him they've probably known each other for forever i mean he puked on her at a party or some outhouse incident right <laughs> so we don't know what happened but yeah she knows he's a fuckhead basically for lack of a better term he very you know he goes around he makes mistakes he's an asshole i i like dylan but he's basically treats his friends quote unquote reggie and byron as like michonne's uh you know dead husband and uh, brother there right like the chain next to them with the jaws cut off so they're harmless like he is you know he treats people like pawns in a chess game and uh, he's it's gonna come back to bite him as like it will next issue with the way he treats people mm-hmm. so this a lot of it is based on the treatment and the cycle of treatment right rogue son the family he's he doesn't know a good relationship. He hasn't seen a healthy relationship. How the hell is he yeah. supposed to figure yeah. one out from scratch? 
Yeah. Yeah. And one thing I particularly enjoy is that if you look, there's this like superhero, like almost Bruce Wayneian uh, distinction in this issue where if you look at every single panel that Dylan is in, it's during a daytime panel. So it's lighter panels. And then if you look at every single panel where Rogue Sun is in, it's darker. So when the issue begins, it's a little dark because they're, it's nighttime and Suave snuck into mm. William's house. But right as they go back to the Bella State, it's morning and he's being awoken um, you know, from his sleep. And he goes outside and you see it's light, light, light. But as the issue gets darker... It, uh, or as the issue progresses, it gets progressively darker. So when he's talking to Vanessa, you know, it's like, you know, the sky has changed a little bit. It's like it's during the day, clearly. But then when they get to Suave's uh, a plan at the top of the location where he's trying to gain access into the aviary, it's, you know, it's nighttime. The issue is a lot darker. The colors have toned down and, and even Rogue Sun appears. So I thought that was a really cool touch. And I just want to say this whole part, like with the aviary, with the bell and... and <laughs> This is yeah, the this shit I awesome. live for. This yeah. was pretty yeah. awesome. These are the best two pages of the issue, like in my oh, opinion. Yeah. Like just the door opening, seeing the red kind of like splash out of the door, but then like the next page, like Rogue Sun's entrance too, just just looked amazing. It's like Moon Knight. Remember the when they go to the the Dua or whatever it's called when yeah. they have the guy with the boat. Remember and he's uh, like, yeah, like the uh, the or the hippo. Yeah. 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 So um, that was cool. Yeah, I really like, and it reminds me of really. Grim as well. I definitely I definitely like this creature a lot more than the hippo, I will say. Oh yeah. No, this was such a cool page. Coloring was incredible. I love the eerie red that pours out of the dark, like almost uh signaling some otherworldliness. You know what I mean? I mean because it obviously is otherworldliness, but I just love how they conveyed it. I love the the uh the crows, you know, there's just suddenly like a murder of crows appearing yeah. as the guy yeah makes his way through. And even 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 the guards with the guns are shook. But I'm surprised at how calm Suave remains, despite like how creepy everything is. <laughs> like, the guy comes it. through. He, there's hostility here, right? The guy says, like, what's his name? I demand Dorman. Yeah, so the Dorman comes, Dorman. and he oh. says her rules are clear, mortal, because Suave demands an audience with his mistress. And that's when he says her rules are clear, mortal. None who have been marked may enter. And then he says, and then Suave replies, really? But how exactly do you expect to stop us then, little star? I, I just thought, first of all, calling someone draped in full black, like wearing a plague mask, you know what I mean? Little star. I thought that was an interesting choice from Suave. But also the confidence in that moment to make a threat to someone who looks like the fucking Grim Reaper. Uh, I just love this whole page, man. Awesome stuff from the entire team here. Yeah. That was awesome. So so I guess that means like all the power that this um, I don't know who will call them the person with the red the red word bubbles, but the person with the red word bubbles who's giving all the powers to people, all those people who are marked are unable to enter the realm of this being who's giving them the power which is kind of interesting kind of keeping them out. i don't know if like they physically can't enter like if it's actually like some magical shit or is it, or mm-hmm. like he's actually just saying no i'm gonna yeah he says, I'm gonna he says keep you, you have out. to be marked so you have to earn the entry i'm assuming if you have to be marked none who have been marked man oh okay so so, so no you have to you have to be marked. not marked so like yeah. that means which is weird like yeah. you would think it's the opposite so rogue son could enter i guess like anyone so maybe he's exiled yeah maybe he did something and he's exiled or maybe he's marked because he already got the powers and he's like trying to get yeah. it again. i guess we don't yeah i guess we don't really definitively yeah. know what that mark is 
is there's a covenant spell right to keep all those marked out right because of something bad happening it, it, there's a lot of stuff to parse with that and i, I think yeah. it's interesting no 100 yeah. percent. and let's let's hear your thoughts listeners what do you guys think email us at uh, radiantblackpodcast.gmail.com or message us on social media let us know be part of the discussion so um yeah the the, the you know the it's interesting because right as rogue son shows up he kind of interrupts the party and he you know he makes a fiery there's a fiery entrance landing into the thing knocking the two guys on their asses the two henchmen and that's when suave drops the bell and it shatters on the ground then the doorman turns to him and tells him tell your master the quill is not his to possess and any who come for it will not leave the aviary alive so maybe that's why he's marked maybe they've tried to like steal or, or gain possession of this quill before and they've been exiled from these lands and this is me just like you know throwing conjecture out uh, conjecture out there speculating um but yeah i love that i love just the whole like ambiance of this when he turns around he says our business is concluded tell yeah okay so yeah. Oh, okay so tell your master yeah quill. so is the per so i guess the person with the uh the red bubbles is actually suave's master so he's yep. not inside the door right now no no. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, There's yeah. two different types of yeah. Okay. Okay. Chess okay. game is yes. right, and then so I thought like the red just... bubbles was in the door, but no, he must be outside of the door, like on yeah. another team, trying to. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Hey, who who knows? But no, there's a lot of pieces going around, but I I, I love it. I, Maybe really Suave's leader could have rebelled a long time ago, and he's the one making the marks, or the Quill has the power to mark people. It's like, no, that's one of, you know, that's like, it's like Lucifer Fallen Angel shit, and he's got his own little, you know? It, it, there's a lot of rich stuff yeah. to play with. And also, like, Finnegan Root does deals, and, like, the Dorman looks like someone that would do deals, too. Like, the Crossroads mm-hmm. Demon and Supernatural, Air Kripke's on the cover quote for freaking, you know, Volume 1. So there's a lot of that. I feel like, you know, Parrot definitely likes the... Uh, the, the horror elements and the supernatural stuff. And I like that. So there's a lot of places to go with this and uh, we'll have to chart it. 100%. And I like that this, this fight right after between rogue son and suave is basically the rematch that we've all been waiting for yeah. since issue one, you know, the one-sided fight where Dylan just got his ass handed to him. And this fight is pretty one-sided, like, to be honest with you, like, you know, Dylan just, you know, he says, I like this because he says such ameliorated confidence. Now, let's see if you've learned anything since our last encounter. He takes a swipe at Dylan and Dylan's like, I don't know who Amelia is, but <laughs> it's not like, that's funny. He's like, yeah, I've picked up a few tricks here and there. And, you know, he's just schooling Suave at that point. Gives him this, this amazing page where he's just like, make every punch count. And he just like gives him an upper right hook to the face and Suave's mask just shatters the fire in the background. Epic stuff. Is that not a Shoryuken? That's a fucking fl- that's like Ken Master is going to be pissed and I'm happy. That's a <laughs> oh, fucking sweet. Shoryuken. Shoryuken. So yeah. I, how did Man. I notice that? I'm dead inside of it. I didn't know it was a flaming Shoryuken. Thank you. <laughs> But yeah, that's fucking sick. He's learned his shit. He can do, like before he was just punching. He's learned to pee on purpose to take uh, to quote Invincible, which I'm happy to be getting a season two of. Yeah, he's he's doing his shit and he's learned. And Suave underestimated him. He's like, this is a kid. I beat his ass. He couldn't learn in that much time. But Dylan's got a team. He's like Conor McGregor, well, not Conor, the new Conor McGregor Patty there, where yeah. you got your team. You got your yeah. team to make sure you're good. You got but your he's, marking. He's, people. he's still he's still reckless though. And we see oh, yeah. he, he knocks Man. he knocks the one of the henchmen straight down into the hole and he doesn't even like do anything about it. He's just like work on those life choices, buddy. <laughs> just yeah. leaves. Like what? And then yeah, that, that was that that was that was pretty that was yeah. pretty reckless. We we see yeah I guess uh, Luke Cage has taught this guy a few few new tricks. Oh, he definitely yeah. and it's the, definitely it's the training's paying off. Right? 
like him, him, him feeling like Vanessa when when it's like a it's like a few things because when you especially when you reread these like you look at it between this issue and next this issue like a lot was going in his favor like he just got the car back he got the sunstone back Vanessa kind of gave him a signal that there might still be a ray of a glimmer of hope there so like he's feeling confident and that's reflected in his ability to kick ass mm. but you're gonna see in the next issue where he's on a downer he's feeling like shit he gets some bad news and that's reflected also in his fight. So I thought that was very interesting that, you know, it's, it's still, it still very much shows you he's a teenager because emotions dictate a lot of how he's acting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love this too. And, and I, I also love like when, um, when rogue son, like, like, yeah, kicks the guy down, like you see William like under the mask and, and it's just like, you don't notice it or I, I didn't notice it the first time. Like I, I, like i just assumed it was just a random henchman it's hard kind of hard to tell like right by the face but then like when you go back to the hot to the hospital scene and just like seeing that that little moment pays off uh that was that was just really cool seeing seeing one of those moments it kind of it really reminded me of uh like sadarsky's daredevil when he like when he messed up and accidentally like killed the guy and all the ramifications that came from that um so yeah yeah I like that Dylan and Ari Ari can probably go to the same hairstylist. They could probably get. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and it I mean, makes they, sense. They, yeah. <laughs> they, they yeah look, I, I like so that. True. I like that. Like she's his tutor now. I think it'll bring them closer overall. I think we're getting like a like a, she's the Intel kind of dynamic long term, or at least like part of his HQ overall, part of his like family, I guess. You know, literally. Who we know is a cold, stern guy, right? Mm-hmm. So like. Of course they're like that. That's the only father you knew. He was taken away, and you just get his son. He's like, oh, yeah, another person you cared about less? So you're questioning how much your dad really cared about you if they had another family, right? But I like so, how much she calls him out, though. Like, she's always oh, yeah. telling him, like, you're an asshole. You need to stop being a bitch. Like, I like that she calls him out. Like, she's not – she doesn't hold back, and I really like that about her, about Ori. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's De- uh, definitely what he needs. <laughs> sometimes you need people that know you and call you out on your bullshit, right? Like, I have that in my life where it's like, hey, you know, like, I know you're just hangry or whatever right now and stuff like that. Or, hey, you fucked around. You're being like this. Like, next issue, we got another talk like that. Or is that right here where it, yeah, she calls me a bitch in the next issue, right? Yeah, yeah, next issue. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, no, it, it goes. These these issues pair together really well because it's, you know, it's a lot of the duality of that and showing, you know, that. Yeah, part one of two for helping and the, the, it's interesting because i actually really like what's being set up in the next page as well at the hospital when we go to crescent city medical center we see that Dr. william Marsh. yeah william was was found from a crime scene earlier he sustained internal injuries obviously we go back to the hole and and dylan uh tossing the henchman into the hole who is obviously william so uh his son is uh devastated right now what's his son's name is a hunter yeah hunter yeah hunter yeah hunter's devastated uh, about his dad and he just literally says that you know he, he you know he's just upset he's feeling emotional he goes outside after uh, uh outside the hospital afterwards he's still jarred doesn't know exactly what happened doesn't understand he's feeling many things he kicks Daredevil, we're lucky you go afraid in the face of the radioactive turtle goo to turn into Daredevil two seconds right now, because this is very similar to, I'm used to the Daredevil movie, right, where his dad's a boxer, I don't know if that's the canon yeah. thing, and his dad's, like, uh, taking a dive and stuff, but it's very similar, like, my dad would never do that, it sucks, your dad's dying, and then you're told that he's a fucking, he's a criminal, he's, a, he's like, a mm-hmm. bad guy, uh, uh, by all means, so that's terrible, and this is a guy that throws away his future, he had a good life, he was gonna go to medical school, right, so... You're throwing that away for your father. Imagine that the one person that's been there for you is dying and could be evil. 
or not evil, but doing sinister things. So, you know, it's this is this is like the make or break. This is the moments that make villains. And you have to be a special kind of person to turn out of this fucking or like get out of this uh, yeah. this bad turn. He get, he starts to hear the same voice that Charlie was talking about earlier, the voice with the red uh, bubbles. And and then it tells him that, like, look, what's important is I know who hurt your father. And if you like, I can provide the means with which to hurt them back. The question is, how hellbent are you on revenge? And then he says, Hunter says, name your price. And then it's like, now that's an attitude I can respect. Welcome to the family, Hunter. And that's where you get, in my opinion, one of the coolest final pages in the massive verse yet. That was, just, yeah, that yeah. was freaking, that sword so in all its, all its glory. Yeah. yeah, that was awesome. The page before that, too, that very last panel, a little different, but gave me some some Owen Johnson firepower vibes. I don't know why. Just oh, kind yeah? Of, just kind of that a little bit, uh, but no, there was there was uh, no the sword awesome ending and uh, no it definitely definitely got me excited right away and I'm glad and I actually checked and I think um, volume two I don't know if this is official or not but saying like on League of Comic Geeks saying Rogue Sun volume two is called Hellbent um, right uh, I don't know no. if that's official or not but that's that means can, maybe this might carry on longer than these two issues. So oh, I feel like it will. I, yeah, we're not. 100%. Yeah, yeah. It's, go, it's going to issue 12 because when we were looking at the latest round of solicits that came out, they showed that issue 12 has Rogue Sun fighting Hellbent again. And it's. it's oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. right. With the balloons in the back. That was the, the colors on that were freaking insane. Yeah. Uh, so listen for that. Yeah, end of story arc. In the horrifying aftermath of the last issue, Dylan makes a drastic decision about the future of Rogue Sun as he squares off against Hellbent for one final fight with everything on the line. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. So you get a nice, nice Hellbent, Hellbent little arc here, which which is awesome. Like I, I yeah. definitely, I definitely like that. And I, and we'll we'll see how like personal it gets to dylan because I, I i actually like this like i was expecting uh when i first saw hellbent i was kind of expecting him to be a character we've seen at the school or like something like who was already connected to dylan so i like kind of how we're getting a getting a new like fresh character and getting his origin in that kind of yeah. sense agreed shout out shout out to ice dragon uh, Azrael in the uh, letter section he's also mm-hmm. in the discord First Rogue Sun cosplayer, as far as I know. So that's. I mean, I mean, as an oh, Ezreal yeah, fan, yeah, yeah. if you're if you're an Ezreal fan, as yeah, in, like a fan of the Ezreal character from mm-hmm. from from Batman, then it must be a huge Natural. delight to be mentioned not only in the letter section but in this issue because this is the first appearance of Hellbent who looks a lot like Ezreal. Like you could tell, there's some visual uh, inspiration. Uh, inspiration, exactly. So yeah, I mean, as an Ezreal fan, I say that and I I love it. So I really yeah. enjoyed this issue. Yeah. Yep, it was fun, and Hunter's on the hunt more. He's hell-bent now, and, you know, issue nine, I really, I like the cover of eight a lot, where it shows Dylan through the mask. I, I like that. You can see the agony he's going through while the, the, it looks badass. And this one, this cover for nine is nice, too, the cover A, where uh, you see the sword, he's under the sword, and Dylan is looking back at, like, someone is like, oh, this is my fault. I might have, I And might that, just, that actually just... happens in the book, too. Like, he's yeah. holding his arm because he's going to get stabbed there. Like, I actually, I, I don't like when covers are super misleading, like when they have two characters fighting and then never happens in the book. But I appreciate that this book is, that cover is almost like a snap of, of, of mm. the fight that's that's going to ensue. Yeah. 
So we open on this issue and Dylan's looking everywhere on the carpet. We teenagers are always here. He's looking to get stoned. Wait, uh, mine are the gutter guy. Never mind. He's looking for his uh, son's. Just, just to mention, <laughs> the only difference between this issue's creative team and last issue's yes. creative team is that we have Marco Renna yes, doing art yes, yes. instead of uh, Abel. Honestly, easy, yeah, honestly, pretty Abel. seamless. Like a little mm-hmm. different, but definitely, definitely pretty seamless. Like mm-hmm. it was, yeah, no, very enjoyable. Very enjoyable. Yeah, I would lo- like. I, I would love to see more of Marco Renna on the Rogue Sun. But yeah, we're yeah. back at the Bell Estate, and as you can notice, it's Dylan, and it's the daylight again. <laughs> yeah. And of course, our favorite uh, titular teenager has lost his sunstone, and he's trying. He's enlisted the entire Bell residence to help him look for it. Juliet tells him that, you know, she just checked the laundry; it's not there. Could it be in the car? Or he says that, you know, she found some French fries that are older than her in the car. So thanks for that. But then we see that Brock actually has it and that he found $5. So he's going to keep that. And he gives the sunstone to Dylan and Dylan's obviously ecstatic. He tells him, like, you know, it's the same couch. We found it inside the same couch cushion where you play all your video games. Hint, hint, douchebag. <laughs> like, I just thought that was funny. Like, call out, you know? gamer. Hashtag, yeah. yeah, exactly. And that's when he's telling him, like, uh, that's when Dylan's like, okay, I got my ball yarn, I got my, my sunstone, I'm out of here. So you see him equipped uh, the rogue sun power and he heads out. Uh, that's where Juliet says, you guys got to hurry to school because you don't have, you know, a sunstone to give you power to fly. And we get this interesting moment between, and we obviously teased this already. So, you you know, spoilers, you already know what yeah. we're talking about. But yeah, this interesting moment between Juliet, uh, sorry, between Ori and Brock where, she says, you found it in the couch, huh? And he says, best I could come up with on the fly. Do you think they know? And Ori says, I doubt it. Even if they did, even if they do, trust me, it's what's best for him. So, you know, immediately when we read this, I, I thought it was going to be something sinister, given like we already saw Ori try to kill. And, and Dylan brought yeah. this up last issue, right? Like he tried to kill, uh, kill them with the, with the with the magic and everything a few issues ago. Mm. So, yeah. Well, it's dangerous to do stuff on the fly. Sometimes bugs in this world come to you with magic powers or hell requests to uh, switch your souls, as we saw with the Firefly in the last issue with Hunter. So I do like the wordplay in that. And it is – these guys are always up to no good. Like that little look there, he looks like – does he look like Tim Drake or he looks like one of the Robins there for sure in that little panel with, with – uh, what's the name again? It's not no, – the little brother. Oh, uh, Brock. Brock. Brock, there yeah. we go. Yeah, of course, Eddie Rock. Yeah. Brock. Yeah, he has that look. I, I, love, I love that look. And him and Ari, it's interesting to see what cahoots they're up to. And it's always, you know, maybe it is for a good reason. We don't know. We'll find out. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was good. But even, even I remember Ari also thought uh, sending a demon after him was also a good idea. And uh, that that ended up not going too well either. So no. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. On the next but, page of the high school, we get a Wu-Tang shirt. That's definitely the Wu-Tang uh, that the guy on the <laughs> left has. Uh, I yeah, love it. Yeah, Wu-Tang's yeah. for the children. It's for comic fans, for everyone. I, too, uh, love the Wu-Tang. So I just had to point that out. And it's legally distinct, which is our favorite kind of uh, showing Wu-Tang, because we don't want uh, Ryan to have to pay for it. <laughs> you yeah. can tell this issue is very similar to structure to last issue, because we have the problem set up at the beginning. We have the... You know, the high school relationship moments again throughout the middle, you know, third slash middle of the issue. And here Except we are. Except it goes well. And Byron's oh, oh, too late, too, like with Vanessa. He's, he's I, too I like late, Byron. but he got the date. Yeah, yeah I, but it's for like fucked up reasons when we when we look at it later. If that is indeed, if he didn't lie to to uh, to Dylan and if he told him the truth, because I, was, I wasn't sure if he was just saying that to him just to get him off his back. But yeah, so we see Byron and, you know, he, he goes to this pretty girl with glasses and he tells her. 
you know, he's asking her out to the dance, and he says, like, Amanda, I'm only doing this because Dylan gave me two options. Either ask out the prettiest girl in school or sleep in my gym locker. And I don't want to do that again. So he's like, I don't really expect you to say yes in a million years, but uh, just thanks, you know? And he said, and then she's like taken aback by it. So he, she's like, she found it sweet. You could tell. So he's like, oh, he asked, he, he asked you to ask the prettiest girl and he chose me. So that's where Byron's all like happy and he's smiling because he goes <laughs> huge to W. Huge. Yeah, huge W. Guy. Exactly. Huge. Oh, yeah. Guy. yeah. You know what I just realized? We got this. We have Byron doing something against his will, and Dylan's forcing him to do it. And next, Dale, later on, Dylan's being forced by Hellbent to go do stuff against his will and get the bell or get get the the quill. Yeah. So yeah, there is yeah. duality of that. If like, hey, you know how dicky it is to force people to go do stuff against their will for your own gain. Yeah. Well, yeah. here you go. Here's your own medicine, and it tastes like hell. Yeah. <laughs> Weaponizing consent. That's honestly because I remember when we first saw the picture too. I was I remember I think my first guess was I thought Byron or one of these kids were gonna be Hellbent or turn out to be one of those villains and just like going oh, against Dylan. That would have been funny. He's pissed <laughs> off so many people, right? They're like, oh, who, I know. who is yeah, it? I know. Who, who has a chance and who wouldn't take it? <laughs> that is yeah. yes, that is very true. But I love I love the expression when Dylan's like, she did. Well, look at you, Casanova. How the hell did you pull that off? I just love the expression on his face. It's like so hilarious. It feels yeah, so. Yeah, and he'll take yeah. credit too. Like he's a piece yeah. of shit. This was so he wanted him to fail too. And the guy's like, look at you, Casanova. And he might yeah. even start to get a little jealous of Byron soon too. If Byron actually does well and is in a happy relationship or something, like he'll get oh, jealous yeah. of the person he's been bullying. Oh yeah, oh. I already know that's gonna happen. Yeah, that. <laughs> that's, then, that's gonna be funny. That's gonna the be next fun. page we have this funny like string trick that basically Dylan's trying to be cute and coy and ask out Vanessa in a very you know cute teenage way and it turns out that Ryan Parrott actually did this before and they so yeah this is like a story from his childhood and this is something that he did for another girl and he asked out in a similar way and, and apparently she said yes so if you want to hear more about that learn more about that just go to his Twitter he tweeted about it uh when we were talking yeah. about the issue, Brian parroting himself really—it's amazing to see uh, this happen. And it's I, nice. I, I, like Vanessa almost gets the shit for it, though. Like, yeah, like the teacher's yelling here, like Miss Myers, like I have a class to teach, so you've got ten minutes to complete this little string maze, or you'll be spending homecoming in detention. <laughs> so it's like you're already on the bad side there, you know? You're already like about the minus. The mug was a nice touch too. I'm a teacher. What's your superpower? We've all probably seen like a shirt with that logo or whatever. So in, in this comic, it's perfect that like the superheroes. You know, his superpower is being a douche and being too late right now, right now. And like he he missed it. So I like that finally. And he had to say the bit, too. Like he kind of knows he's like, no, no, I have to get the pun in as well as making you do all this string stuff. The I'm sorry for stringing you along. Like, well done, Ryan. Like, well, I do that. If I did that in real life, I would also put that in a comment because it, it is pretty cute. And I was even thinking of like how much of Ryan is in Dylan. Like, obviously, whenever you have characters like part of them, at least a little bit, a minute detail has to be a kernel that came from you or a, a, a way you're playing out a little exploration of, you know, ideas and stuff like that. So yeah. I feel like Dylan might be like 30 percent Ryan. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we see that all the time, like even in Radiant Black and we see like um, Melissa's putting like some of like other characters, but a little bit of herself too and uh, BB and that. But uh, no, this was you got to got to respect this. This looks like a lot of a lot of freaking work. So, yeah, got to definitely got to respect that for sure. Mm. Um, but that doesn't go for as well. Yeah, it doesn't go as yeah. well for Dylan. No, she just like shut him down completely. Not only does she have a new boyfriend, but we'll find out later that her boyfriend is so hot that like girls from <laughs> other schools apparently know what, about it. What, so, 
Well, if she was dating Reggie, and he just went to beat the shit out of Reggie. <laughs> no. uh, I, I mean, uh, I mean, at that point, he's already lost. If, if you know, for other reasons entirely, but we won't even go there. We'll, yeah, we'll yeah. get to that. So uh, I find it interesting here. We're at the bank, Crescent City Bank. We see a clerk working, and she gets a new uh, critter. A critter for her menagerie there with this, the, the that's little animal. That's reference. Or they're, yeah. You're making us think <laughs> of the, you know, the yeah, that's what, Exactly. And that's where we get uh, an interruption to the, uh, uh, to the bank events because Hellbent has broken the window and is basically, uh, he's attacking the, the bank. And then we're, we're back to uh, Ori and, and Dylan who are, where well, she's tutoring him for school and he's in a really bad mood obviously because he found out that Vanessa is dating Pashan who yeah. <laughs> who already tells him is, is that hot because everyone knows him even yeah, they're the same school but he's like yeah. just in like the greater area people just know that he's a good looking uh, you know like sports star probably people go to these basketball games or something like that or you see them or on Facebook someone has like yep. 2,000 friends and they're like yeah, good looking yeah. or popular right Exactly. Yes, yeah, it's probably a smaller town too. Like it's not like there's that many schools or whatever. But yeah, I just found that like really funny. It took me back to being like a teenager. And uh, you know, d- we almost see like some camaraderie blossoming here between Ori and uh, and uh, Dylan. Like they may even yet become friends. So she tells him just flat out, she's like, "Look, you've been kind of a bitch when it comes to Vanessa." And he's like, "Excuse me?" And she's like, "Stop. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm right, and I shouldn't tell you this because it's like against girl code or something." But just take someone else to homecoming, make her a little jealous, and trust me, she'll come wandering back. Girls like her being loved. I like this a lot because, especially when you know reviewing this as a twofer or reading the the two issues together, you see that that was already set up in the last issue when Dylan tells her like, "Look, I'll never talk to you again." She's like, "Stop! I didn't say that." You know, so it's like she clearly likes the attention, even though she's she doesn't not necessarily want to be with Dylan. She does like having that attention from him. And the moment she sees he a spark in him or a little ember, exactly. if you will. I mean, she hooked up with him, him, so she definitely feels something towards him, right? Yeah, and like you're, trust me, he would people feel bad, and he is the bad boy. Like, let's not pretend that there isn't like you know that isn't a thing. Like we had the rebel without a cause reference last time, rebel without a permit. Like he has that look with the jacket. Mm-hmm. He rebels against the leather jacket by wearing the hoodie underneath. You know, he's like way warmer than that. He just does it to look like he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the favorite look in high school. Is the one where you have to work really hard to look like you don't care. <laughs> yeah yeah I'm, I'm definitely <laughs> predicting right now he's gonna he's gonna go and try and fail fail a bunch of times to yeah. get a date and then he's gonna end up bringing ari's gonna pretend to be his it'll date be interesting if she jealous. finds out though if she finds out he's rogue son like i feel like can, that'll make her feel more sympathetic towards him can we get a flaming boom box outside her window him holding it up that'd be the best fucking thing of my life i would not <laughs> happen with told him the, with the peter gabriel Oh my God, that'd be amazing! Throwing and the Rocky throws is of course a little sunstone against the window, you know. But yeah, the music being played is Wu Tang. <laughs> yeah, I'd be there. I mean, not since I heard Harold and Kumar uh, do play uh, sing Wu Tang or rap to Wu Tang in uh, sing to Wu Tang. I've just lost all my cred right there. But uh, yeah, in Harold and Kumar three, uh, I haven't been this excited to see the Wu Tang Clan. But yeah, this this I this issue like we're pumping it up and Dylan's got no time to get shit on him and get called a bitch because he's got to go get his ass kicked. Yep, he's saved by the stone, and um, he has to go answer the call. So he manages to, yeah. I think I think Ori does good there again because she's trying to call him out on his bullshit, make sure he doesn't abandon Byron, and not treat him like shit just because. But then he, you know, he gets lucky and he weasels his way out of there because of the stone. He heads towards the bank, and he sees a hooded figure waiting in the bank right in front of the uh, 
crashed open window. He just flies head down, head first, doesn't really think it through <laughs> impulsively, yeah. and just knocks that dude down, you know? And that's what he realizes it's a trap because the person who he knocked down is a hostage with his mouth mm-hmm. taped shut, and he's just, like, screaming. And he gets fucking... I love that page where he gets a surprise cleave from a hellbent just straight to the chest like all the fire man that's a that's yeah. an awesome page well, you see poor uh the poor assistant's <laughs> critter just knocked up <laughs> the table there yeah every parent wants their kid to be better have a better life than they are and as a villain i mean hellbent's already doing a better job as his dad he had more scholarly opportunities and he learned how to be i mean he's more clever right like that i don't think that's something his dad would be doing his dad uh for no you know his dad was like a henchman, basically. Like he was, he was a heavy. He was, or he was just like he's numbers. Whereas Hellbent is the main guy doing the main thing and cloaking your enemy and like tricking people. This is a more clever enemy than uh, Rogue Son's really. He's more cl- clever than Billy Bloodmoon, at least at the very least, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, more powerful too. Like this guy's pulling some Magneto shit on Wolverine, like just controlling his bot, like just picking him up, throwing yeah. him around. Like he's just. Yeah, just I'm not curious holding. what his powers are. Yeah, no, me too. And fire manipulation, and, like hellfire, and, see, and seeing a bit under his cloak too. Looks I think like Rogue Sun. Yeah, yes, the armor looks identical. Yeah, I'm curious when that hood comes off if we're gonna oh. see a helmet on him or not. Oh, by the way, uh, I do have to say that Bash, did you are you caught up on Rick and Morty? I am. No, I am. No, are you? Not, you are too, there is an episode where we have Knights of the Sun. It's like a yes, that's place. so. Yes, that's true. Were you so not weird. thinking of Rogue Sun at least one time watching that? that? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and obviously, Rogue Sun came first, but yeah. Well, it was probably written, but there's no way. There, it was just parallel thinking, but this is obviously way different, more badass. But yeah, if you watch, if you're listening to the podcast and you're in the Massiverse, you probably, I, I bet, I, I'd be willing to bet you thought of Rogue Sun. But no, that's cool about the same shoulder parts. I didn't realize that. So maybe there's like Knights of the Sun. We got some Knights of Ren that actually might get fleshed out. Who knows? There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I, I think it's brutal because he stabs him, you know, in his shoulder with the sword. Dylan's already getting his ass handed to him at that point. He just tells him, look, I'd love to kill you, but I actually need you to run a little errand for my boss. And and then that's where, you know, Dylan talks back and he's like, OK, keep talking like that and I'll shatter your orbital arch. So there's that like medical degree coming in handy. Um, you know, you think you do some healing, but uh, <laughs> inflicting damage is just as effective with that kind of information. Yeah. So, yeah. So go ahead. No, I was just saying, you're right, and, like, I think of, like, orbital sockets, so, you know, I mean, maybe he's being cute, but, like, maybe physically smashing the helmet also causes pain, like, this could be, like, cursed stuff like that, like, you don't even, who even knows, and he mentions Dottie, so we're probably gonna see Dottie next issue, and this is a pretty good deal of, like, yeah, you do this, and then I'll kill you, it's like, okay, I guess oh, I'll come yeah. and kill me, it, he'll probably know, he knows his name, Dylan, right, so it's like, I'll fuck yeah. with your family, too, by Maybe the way. Maybe he got his power from the same source of the Sunstone's power, because he already knew who Dylan was, he knew who Dottie was, he knew all about the, you know, everything, and it's... But the voice is telling him. Yeah, the point. voice is telling him, so that maybe that's the same source of power for the Sunstone. Yeah. Mm. Or maybe it's, it's like a rival faction or something. It's just crazy how, like, yeah, I'm curious, like, what he can control. Like, if it's, like, a, yeah, if it's, I'm guessing it's just, like, specific to Rogue Sun's powers. It's not, like, a Magneto thing where it's, like, just metal or something. Because, yeah, we see that, like, we see in that page and, like, my favorite part of this fight where, like, he touches him, like, on the mask and just, like, starts crushing it. Like, it starts creaking and, like, yeah. kind of just closing in and, like, crushing on his face, kind of. Um, I, like that's kind of the way I took it. Walls are closing in on him, literally. Yeah, that yeah. was freaking cool. Everything. Yeah, I just, I just love that. Um, yeah, yeah. It's no, a this, very one, once rude. man. There's too many one-sided fights for Dylan. Eh? Either he's rude. winning or he's getting his ass beat. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. 
was very Green Goblin versus right, like like Far From Home. Like this guy was just yeah. getting the shit kicked out of him. But no, it was entertaining yeah. fight, um, for sure. And yeah, no, it was, yeah, uh, and you it's know, also, it's also his name is interesting, Hellbent. Maybe it's 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 a double. It's ambiguous. Like maybe it's Hellbent because. He's yeah. bent by the hell power, right? Like in the sense that he literally that, like, he went through hell. Your dad yeah, died. One yeah. Day yeah. Dying. yeah, we like, got yeah, the hellfire. Maybe it's right? also the sunstone that's being the hell hellbent. Fire. Like maybe the power of the sunstone became hellbent. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he's hellbent on revenge. The name does seem a, a tad generic, but I think it really works in this context. Yeah. And I don't think like Hunter's gonna be like the big bad of the whole series. Like we don't need to have like A and B tier villains. You need like the the Billy Blood Moons of the world to build up bigger bads. And this is a personal stuff. I was thinking a lot of Powerplex and Invincible when I was reading this. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and uh, you know, there's been similar stories, but I do like them. They're so personal. Like you screwed me over. You're a hero, but you killed my fucking dad. You think yeah. I won't threaten your family and do the same thing that you already did to me without knowing? You, I wouldn't willingly do it because I'm pissed off. And you killed the one person that raised me, risked his ass for me. Even if he, you know, mm-hmm. he went to the dark yeah. side for me. It's like, dude, I want you. You better hope you bring this on me. And your death is the best you can hope for. Otherwise, there's gonna be way more damage. And then yeah. he says, Dylan. Yeah. So like, he's yeah. really yeah. showing him like he's not playing. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's interesting there. We we go back, and again, the story structured similar to the last issue where towards the end we're going back to the medical center and Hunter is uh, checking on his father, William, and he sees, you know, he realizes that there's a Dr. Collins in Baton Rouge that could specialize in treating traumatic injuries, brain injuries that could possibly help her. Mm-hmm. And then and then the doctor no- notifies him that he knows her, but she's like a very in-demand doctor with a, you know, a busy list. And then that's where fucking Hunter pulls some like hellbent shit and links the life of the doctor yes. to the life of his dad and tells him that if he so dies, you die. Cool. Uh, it Soul is really cool. It, it, it just shows like, completely how he's changed. Like it doesn't matter whether it's hellbent, like the costume or no costume, he's the same asshole and he's completely changed. Like he's he's willing to do whatever it takes to save his father, and that like doesn't yeah. matter if he has to kill innocent people, including people who love other people. Kid. Give yep. it a ton of power with not without this ability to to handle it, and it's just like Dylan. This could have easily been Dylan, easily mm-hmm. if he yeah. didn't have a privileged life of like his father. He didn't go wanting like they had like green. I think the bread wasn't green or whatever, but like I think financially they were okay and stuff like that. But Dylan, they had to scrap for or uh, Hunter, they had to scrap for everything, right? And he lost that, so. There is a lot of duality in this. I mean, should, it's kind of like how Marshall and Nathan, Marshall and Dylan are very similar. I'm waiting for that interaction. This will be a good warm up for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And at least Dylan like knows he's supposed like they've always t- like led him down that path. Like or not always, but like when he got it, like you're a superhero and he know like he kind of knew his role right away. Like he wasn't good at it or anything, but like he's just trying to be he's just trying to like pick up to that mantle. Whereas like Hunter, he just like kind of gets his power and like doesn't know visioning where that. to go with yeah. it, what to do with it, except, yeah, get revenge yeah. on. Yeah. Which is such a left hook out of nowhere. Like, oh, shit. Then Doctor's super invested now. If like, oh mm-hmm. fuck, well if I die, he dies. And it's like, God, you know, like I'm screwed now. And I and it again, I like how they touched on the financial aspect of it's so gross that it's like, well, she's in high demand and it's really expensive. Like, oh, the best chance I have to save my life, I need more money. Like that's disgusting when it comes down to that. And it takes us back to page one of freaking Radiant Black, where we see, you know, being in debt is a big motivator and changes our lives, whether you love it or not. You know, whether you know, whether it benefits you or it doesn't, it's something that everyone has to deal with. And you know, it's even free healthcare has its drawbacks and stuff too. We haven't found a perfect situation, but like it just sucks that people have to, you know, 
you need to, you know, go into debt to possibly have the best chance to save someone you love. And that's another thing weighing on him is like monetary thing. He just paid for school. The school, even in his mind, like he wants to be a freaking doctor. He wants to be a healer. And he's already cursed another doctor, his fellow like brother in medicine. He just linked to this patient and like a disgusting thing where like a doctor should never be like linked to their patients of bedside manner. Like you shouldn't like that's that's obviously that's breaking whatever oath they have to take. But it's like I like how it's like you're a doctor and you're, the, you know, you want to be a doctor. And obviously you have no moral code. Right. Right? So it's interesting. Yeah. 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 Oh, for sure. The blood and the stairs, the next panel. Cool way to. But with the speech bubbles bending around the uh, the, the the stairs uh, fence, it's a really cool way just to convey like passage of time and Dylan having moved from the encounter at the bank to uh the the bell estate and we see juliet obviously tending to him she has something called an asclepius shroud that she's covering dylan in which is supposedly like some sort of magic shroud that's going to heal his injuries which i thought was really cool i was like when they you know we were talking about this earlier expand the comic booky aspects of of all the massive verse titles whether it's rogue sun dead lucky uh radiant black i feel like we've added so much lore but we never like dive into the lore that we've established already (laughs) it's very vague so it's really cool to oh. see like the powers here, some, you know, just overall, yeah. yeah. And and then, <laughs> I, I mean, it's concerning, of course, but it's also like you could tell there's some weird shit going on because, you know, he calls Juliet mom there in that moment, and and you know as Juliet leaves, she she's praying. So you could tell that there's almost like she's beginning to develop emotions for for Dylan, maybe even like. Like, you know, like, love him. I don't know. But um, we see Brock She's there. Half of your husband, right? The man yeah. that she loved, right? She can still probably see, you know, a big part of herself in him or her, the man that she fell in love with and, you know, made a life with in Dylan. Yeah. And probably you know, respects his choices as well, like, to, to give him the stone and wants to see that through, despite, like, him being, him being a bit of an asshole. Yeah, it's like the Simpsons. It's like when Marge takes in Nilsson and the bully into the house. It's very similar. I love that episode. But yeah, no, it's right. And I do like um, the no. The, it was it was uh, it was definitely her praying, right? Yeah. Dylan. Okay, cool. When, uh, also, what we got into earlier, Bash, or was it Charlie that mentioned uh, about Juliet's life? How much she knows about this? Another thing with it could be like a forbidden love thing because when you hear the name Juliet, you can't not think of Romeo and Juliet, like the iconic forbidden love, right? So maybe there was a thing where like them falling in love made them the enemies of these people, like that are coming to kill them, or that might be um, whoever it was that gave her the ability to become what killed him, to become Cataclysm, right? So who who even really knows how long this goes? And this could be like I kind of want to see ancient stuff, and by the end of this issue, we are going to see a big look at the far past by the looks of it. So. Yeah, I just I I just kind of thought of something like, what if Juliet is that red, like the red person giving oh everyone the powers? Oh. That would That'd be, be too much. Too that much, would be like, kind of fucked parents. up. Yeah, that would be yeah. Kind of, yeah, that would be like <laughs> double fucked. Dylan like, would know. never trust an adult again. He'd <laughs> yeah, become like Jimmy Neutron. You know what I mean? Like he'd never trust another. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're off the egg planet, egg aliens. Yeah, that was wild. That, I mean, you never know. You never know. But I feel like Juliet. She could be evil. I mean, you know, or not evil, but I don't know. I like to think that you can trust maybe somebody. Intentions. Yeah. That fucking Brock, man. Brock embracing his inner Damien Wayne in the next room, and he's like, I'm sorry. He takes the stone, runs outside the house, has a whole, you know, magic ritual set up with Ori outside on some sort of rock. It looks pretty eerie. 
And we see that it's it's even more sketchy because not only did he take the stone, but he took like a huge. They took the yeah, they took the 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 towel that that Juliet was using uh, to clean the injuries off of Dylan with all his blood. And then we hear Ori say, "I've already drawn the runes and spoken the incantations. We just need the stone and his blood." Brock, step back and close your eyes. Rogue son, and they drop the blood onto the the stone, and then we see it just fire from above you know and they get blasted backwards there's smoke brock is asking did it work and then Ori says dad dad can you hear me are you there someone replies i hear you child but i am not your father and we see a man with a beard standing over them looks old school and it's curious i'm like maybe this is grand grandpa bell maybe it's like the first wielder maybe not even a bell at all maybe it's the first wielder of the the sunstone who knows but i'm very excited because um, Ryan Parrott mentioned in the past, you know, when we had him on during our last interview and even between then and now, he's mentioned about how one of his favorite comic books is the Immortal Iron Fist run by, I believe it's uh, Ed Brubacher and David Asha, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, the Immortal Iron Fist run, if you haven't read that one, it's a fantastic run. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a big Iron Fist fan. I actually recently picked it up and really enjoyed it. Yeah, so Brubacher, Fraction, Aja, Hollingsworth. And so he talked about how in that run there were a lot of, like, we saw the legacy of the Iron Fist, different Iron Fists throughout the ages and what the you know, mantle meant as the, the time evolved and everything. And he said that he wanted to explore something similar in the uh, Rogue Sun. So I, I'm thinking, obviously, this is something along uh, those lines and I'm, I'm just that makes me very happy i'm very excited what did you guys think of that last page reveal yeah um that was yeah pretty crazy i was i was thinking for a bit my first thought was definitely um marcus's dad um for sure but yeah it's kind of weird like seeing his clothes like he looks kind of like i don't know from like sort of medieval or i i don't know yeah where he could be from but he yeah, um, I'm or I, I'm also I was also thinking um, because the bell is like it's it's such like the rogue son is such like a family thing, like it's passed down generation from generations. And I don't know if um, like if it has ever changed families, I think it would be cool if it has never like if that's been like just the legacy to just like keep it with the family like forever. But maybe like this is like another version of his father, like maybe like on every earth, these crystal menageries or whatever, like ever there's a version of his father and like the bells are like the rogue sons on every earth, you know, kind of what I mean. Mm. Uh, I don't know. Um, definitely a lot of possibilities for sure. Um, but yeah, no. All, all we know is he's uh, not their father. I mean, no one. And thing. we know he likes to steal stuff, though, right? We know he would steal stuff when he do, does missions. Maybe that's maybe they are like it's Stanley yelling that shit, and the whole family is a bunch of like pig stealing people or whatever. Or, you know what I mean? What was uh, yeah. from holes or whatever? Where maybe his dad, like Marcus's dad, like you learned to be a thief from his dad. It could be another thing where your dad's a criminal, more Hunter William uh, symbiosis, right? Where you see that like. We know they would steal stuff and that was planted. So you never know. Maybe they could have stolen the sun from someone, you know, it may, maybe it didn't just drop out of the sky like a radiant or like a lantern, but or a green lantern's ring. So, yeah, we, we could be in a spot where they stole it. And I want to see this lore. Maybe we get a full issue in the past and learn the history of, you know, not next week or, or not next uh, issue. 
but you never know, right? So there, there's so much history to do with this stuff. And like, I really like the lore that we've alluded to and I want to see more of it. And it's good to see not Marcus back, but maybe someone that could still shed light, more light on Marcus's history with, without being him. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well said. Um, yeah, overall, this was a great issue. One of the things I've been most anticipating is is the, the previous uh, mantle, like getting to know some more about the lore of the Sunstone and the previous mantle like the holders and or the stone holders, I guess you could say. So yeah, I'm very excited. There was also a cool little preview for a, a new comic called Messed, Crazy Messed Up World, Crazy Upside yeah. Down Messed Up World, I think something like that. Or no, no, sorry. Um, I'm not sure what this book, a uh, bra- brand new world? No. What what is this? What is this book called? Yeah, they, they don't even yeah. really. Yeah, I'm not entirely yeah, sure. The titles kind of was really, really the art was. There engaging as hell in that yeah. they, it really stuck with me it was, it was almost like, like a painted style or whatever it was really cool yeah yeah it, it reminded me in some ways of like a lighter hearted like more more you know different tone but like 2080 style in the modern sense i don't it's know it's high energy funny. it's very pink like yeah. and it's very like high you know very yeah. modern very teen teen oriented yeah definitely yeah so this was a great two issues in my opinion i really liked it i'm glad that ori and brock like aren't trying to kill dylan but are trying to help him and I, I still th- I think it'll be it'll in, it'll be interesting to see the fallout from that, like whether Dylan trusts them less afterwards or whether he can appreciate what they were trying to do or, you know, Dylan's been pretty defensive. He's been pretty impulsive. So I'm curious to see how he'll feel about someone trying to bring him back Marcus, considering like yeah. how they left things off. Yeah. And how I predict a big ass fight. Like he's gonna be yeah. so pissed off at Ari. He's like, I did everything to get my dad out of there, and you bring yeah. in this person that's even me, and I need yeah. the stone back because I gotta go save our asses right now. We're all screwed right now because something else I did. Now what you're doing is screwing up with me. You know, it's it's just a whole mess, right? It's like two things. It's like everything going wrong at once, and I think Dylan's gonna be pissed because he is still pissed off they didn't get Vanessa as well, right? So it's like everything is go. It's 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 not coming up Millhouse. You lost both parents and your teen. Like it's a it, a bomb's going off. Like this arc isn't done. And it's probably going to be a knockout fight. Like, this could get, this is a personal fight. It could get fucked up on, with Hunter and Dylan and on the family dynamics. And you have ancient, you know, you're hoping for Jarrell, but who knows how good this guy could be, right? So it's <laughs> yeah. rough. It's true. And Jarrell, remember, we had the recent, like, uh, the the Oz stuff where he came back and he was evil <laughs> and everything. So yeah. and that don't always, you know, that, that might yeah, not always be the Unfortunately, unfortunately. always draw oral. Uh, yeah, <laughs> gra- gra- grandpa might have a, a you know have extreme angle. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, yeah. overall, yeah. really loved this issue. Looking forward to more Rogue Sun, of course. Want to give a shout out to uh, Rogue Sun number twelve, as we just mentioned earlier in this episode. That'll be the end of the story arc. Right. Please continue to support Rogue Sun. You know we don't we want to. If this gets canceled, I will cry. I'll be I'll be <laughs> oh, like, yeah, yeah, I this, be like yeah, oh, this, yeah, this this better not. I can, I I also can get really used to all these Hellbent covers that are coming out. This next one for ten and that new one that we just saw um, mm-hmm. looks absolutely fabulous, like just yeah. amazing. And um, I also want to say one of my favorite things, like since the start about this series, and probably my least favorite one has been this issue, but it's still cool. Is like at the very back of the book, those like little boxes that show the characters in the orange like it'll just mm-hmm. feature like a character the issue i definitely want one of those on a t-shirt or something like the back of a oh t-shirt, yeah something like that like you could yeah you could do some yeah. cool shit with that yeah. that'd, that'd be wicked oh yeah and i want to give a shout, shout out to carla fitzgala's variant the 120 incentive for rogue sun number 12 just a gorgeous variant of rogue sun holding the fire with like a fiery background holding his sword sorry with a 
not his sword, a sword with a fiery background, just a beautiful cover, which I first, like, when I looked at it without looking who, without seeing who the artist was, I actually thought it was a Peach Momoko cover. But, uh, yeah, and, and yeah. that wasn't even the only one. Many people thought it was a Peach Momoko cover. Yeah, and, yeah that uh, was no, awesome. Yeah, so just very excited. Check out Rogue Sun. The next issue of Rogue Sun, number, uh, so Rogue Sun number 10, comes out February 1st. And it has a gorgeous hellbent cover with the sword just going through the mask. My God. And, uh, yeah, so pre-order Rogue Sun number 10. Enjoy. I think this will come out before the New Year. So if I think so. Oh, yeah. Also, year. also one more thing. Um, yeah, th- this will come out in the New Year. This will be, like, past this time. Um, but if you guys haven't checked it out, um, we were on, like, Walk Through the Multiverse. Had a um, talk over there with Joe um, over yeah. there if you guys want to listen to that. So, yeah, that was a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. I might take some heat off of what I said on that podcast. We'll find out later on. Like we we were asked them, we were asked some questions. We were asked some hard hitters, but yeah, we were were there for. That's a tease for you guys, and I hope you get everyone has a super massive New Year and uh, the future's radiant. So thanks for sticking around all this time. Uh, We love it. We got some Patreons to mention too. Yeah, so check out our social media. We're on Twitter, Radiant Black Pod. If you wanna, you know, join, uh, come on for an episode or just talk about Radiant Black Massiverse or anything like that. Uh, check out our website. We have a reading guide. We have like all the social media accounts for anyone involved with the Massiverse, like the actual characters and all that. So if you're if you're new to the Massiverse and you want like a nice guide, we have a lot of cool resources on our website. And yeah, want to give a shout out to our Patreon, uh, Radiant Black uh, Podcast on Patreon. You can support us if you would like. And we uh, want to give a shout out to our patrons, Noah, Patrick, and now actually Joe, who is our most recent patron. So Joe no, Joe Gennaro. Uh, oh, thanks. Yeah, so, so thanks, he's actually, yeah. he joined the highest tier. So thank you very much, Joe. It was very oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, amazing stuff, really. It was very, it put a smile on my face when I saw it. So uh, just uh, give us a review, uh, an honest review, or liking and retweeting links and stuff like that always goes a long way. And we know you guys that are out there doing it all, all the time. And it's it's so appreciated. Just the support. It's it's amazing. Kick off 2023 with a list on the best of 2022 Masterverse. And some things we're excited for for the future. So be looking forward to that sometime in January. We're excited. Thank you guys for a wonderful 2022. And we'll see you again for 2023. Stay radiant, everybody. And remember, giant goddamn robots are coming. <laughs> <laughs>